This is the fourth lab, the fourth session, trying to answer the question, what is the meaning of a text? What do we mean by the word meaning? How do we use the word meaning in these labs? I talk about meaning a lot. What do I mean when I say that? Specifically, what is the meaning of a written text? And the answer that I am arguing for and saying is, is wise and helpful is this. The meaning of a text is what the author intended to communicate by his words. And I'm giving reasons for it, seven reasons for defining meaning as what the author intended to communicate by his words. And so far we have seen these three reasons. Because the Bible assumes this definition of meaning. Reason number two, in part two, the golden rule. As a reader, do unto authors as you would have readers do unto you as an author. Nobody wants their intents to communicate, be ignored or discounted. We, we want people to try to find what we're trying to communicate when we talk or write to them, and we, we don't want them to say it doesn't matter. They have better ideas than we do. And reason number three, reading a text in order to discover the author's intention is the humble path to greater knowledge and true wisdom. And today, in this session, here's reason number four. And this one is going to sound very complex, but you'll see, I think, really quickly why this matters. This definition of meaning reflects the biblical worldview that God is absolute reality and that he created and upholds a world of reality that has objective existence outside our minds. So what's in our minds is not all that there is. So that the aim of reading his word is not to create meaning, but to discover meaning in what the God-inspired author intended to communicate, an intention that has real objective existence outside ourselves. That's a, that's a worldview. If you believe that, it seems so common sense, right? Well, of course there are authors who have meanings that are different from my mind. Well, just to show you the kind of world we live in, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy in Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992, a landmark case, especially because of this sentence, he wrote this. At the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, meaning of the universe, and the mystery of human life. So, in order to be free, we must be able 
to not subject ourselves to any objective demands of reality outside ourselves, but we can define our own view, existence, of existence and meaning and the universe. We can say to the universe what it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. And we can, and here's the critical one for abortion. We can, we can say human life is what we think it is. Now there is a world, a world view behind that, and it is dramatically different from the worldview that is behind my definition of the meaning of texts as in the author's objective intention outside of me, regardless of what my own concepts are. So let's just get a glimpse of this from the Bible itself. Psalm 14, 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But there are people who say, I will simply choose to define reality as excluding God. And once, once God goes, objective reality, absolute truth outside myself goes. Everything becomes malleable, twistable, if God is not there as the ground of objective existence. Here's the positive way of saying it. Exodus 3, 13 and 14, the Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, Say, I am who I am. And he said, Say to this people, I am has sent me to you. The very least that means is, God absolutely is. The most fundamental reality in the universe is God. I am who I am. Tell them I am, the absolutely existing one, the ground of all their existence, sent you. So that's foundational to a biblical worldview. And then... Jump over here to Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Long ago in many and various, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the world. So this God who absolutely is created the world by his son. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So he created the universe, he upholds the universe all by the Son, which means that just as God has absolute objective existence, the creation has derivative objective existence and is what it is because God created it that way. It is what it is because God is upholding it through his son. We are dealing as human beings not with infinitely malleable reality that we can twist and make anything we want it to be. It is what it is because God created and God upholds. And what access do we have to such mysteries, mysteries and wonders. Ephesians 3, 3 and 4. The mystery was made known to me, Paul says, by revelation. So this God not only creates, he not only upholds, but he reveals. As I have written, wonder of wonders, 
briefly, I have written divine revelation from the almighty everlasting God. I have written briefly by reading, change color just to get excited here, by reading this, you can perceive my intention, my insight, my view, my experience of the mystery of Christ. That's got to be one of the most important sentences in the Bible about the goal of reading and what the meaning of a text is. By reading, we who you, you and me, who don't have any access to this revelation directly, we can perceive. We can go outside our little puny minds and into the very insight of an inspired apostle who has written briefly, and we can see the mystery of Christ. This is the most thrilling reality about reading the Bible. Our our goal in reading the Bible is not to see an echo of what we already know in our puny little minds. The goal is to realize there's a God out there. There are intentions that he puts in people's minds, and they write them down under his inspiration. And by reading, we can actually explode our minds and grow with insight into the mystery of Christ. So... I am defining meaning of a text as what the author, the God-inspired author, intended to communicate by his words because the Bible assumes this meaning. It's the way we would want to be read. Uh, Reading a text in order to discover the author's intention is the humble path to knowledge and true wisdom. And finally, what we've been focusing on in this session This definition of meaning assumes the biblical worldview that a God-inspired author's intention has real objective existence outside ourselves. Reality is not just an echo of our own subjective preferences. So, God, I pray that we would not be deluded by the folly of saying there is no God or there is no objective existence or that we can define the universe and the meaning of life and what the Bible has to say. We can just define it any way we please. That's not true liberty. That's bondage to ourselves. So show us that, I pray. Inspire us to press on with this glorious task of reading for your meaning. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And what does this imply then for the fact that meaning can never change? We'll do that next time.